with everyone. Um, so essentially, we're going to get right into it. We're going to get right into it. So Jamie's mentioned that we weren't on last week and we weren't on last week because of me. <laughs> um, so I decided to. So, OK, let me let me go back. So I'm not sure if for those of you who are watching, if you've heard of Jackie Hill Perry, if you have, just go ahead and show let me know in the comments that you all that you've heard of her or you haven't. So essentially, um, I think we found her. Jamie was going. We were looking at YouTube and we we um, we saw their uh, it's a husband and wife. Uh, we saw their YouTube um, and so their YouTube videos and we we're just like, OK, cool, 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 whatever. And so, of course, once some pops up in your um, in in your I don't know, in, in like your YouTube or social media feed that it starts to populate. So she started popping up in my feed and I was just like, oh my gosh, who is this girl? Um, who's this woman? And so I listened to a few of the things that she, her videos and whatnot, and then I decided to follow her. And I was like, oh my gosh, she sounds like she's really cool, down to earth. Um, the way that she, um, I guess, talk is just very relatable, very like cool. And I'm just like, okay, I can rock with this. So I followed her and realized that as I'm like going through her page, I realized that she um, was at the time hosting a conference called Glory Conference. And so this is not the first Glory Conference she's done, but uh, this is the last one, she said, the last series of glory uh, conference that she's going to do so basically she goes around the country putting on like not putting on but creating space for worship and stuff like that for people where she where she teaches and they're singing and all that good stuff so I learned that she was coming to Dallas and I was like oh my gosh she's coming to Dallas I can't wait so I said, okay, let me go ahead and look at, uh, look to see if I can find tickets for her, um, for the conference. So I went, saw the tickets and I was like, all right, bet I'm going to go ahead and purchase the tickets. But of course, Carlene is always very last minute. I procrastinate. Right. And I was like, yeah, I don't need that. I don't need, I don't, I'm going to go on there and get it. So when I told Jamie, I was like, okay, I'm going to go buy the tickets whatever, whatever. So I went on and, um, going to purchase the tickets and guess what? <laughs> the tickets, the entire conference was sold out. I was so devastated. I was like, no, because honestly, I've not been to a conference outside of anything Adventist. True. Like I, I, I've seen conferences like women's conferences happening. Right. And I usually never am interested in going. But this particular one, I was like, I really want to go because it seems as though it is like really inspiring and motivational, all that, all the things. Right. And so she um, so I was just like, oh, my gosh, it's sold out. So I called uh, Lifeway and I was like, hey, I, I, I 
I want to make sure because I just went on your site and, you know, it, it, there, there were tickets before and now there aren't tickets. And she's like, actually, they just sold out just a few moments ago. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's nothing that I can do. She's like, there's a wait list. And I was like, all right, you know, what? just put me on the wait list. So she put me on the wait list. Usually I do not do wait lists like wait lists gives me anxiety. Right. I'm like, if I am on the wait list. Chances are I'm not going to, to, to my number is not going to be called. So I remember telling Jamie, I was like, I can't believe, like, I can't believe that it's sold out and now I'm on a wait list. And the chances of me being able to, to see her or, or for someone to say, you know what, I'm not going to go. So I'm going to turn these tickets in. Like just, it's, it, it's not going to happen. Right. And so and Jamie was like, um, he's like, don't worry, like God's gonna work it out. And I was like, yeah, I know God is gonna work it out, but still. And so I, um, what did I do? You had to wait. I waited. I waited. And I actually, I was just like, I'm not gonna go. It is what it is. Like, oh well. So maybe about a week before the date, maybe no, it was probably two weeks before the, um, the conference, I got a call, an email and they said, take the tickets that you have put on the wait list is now, um, that you can, you can go ahead and purchase them. And so, um, you have this, you have by this time, um, before it goes to the next person. So I got on that call real quick. I didn't even email them back. I got, I called them and I was just like, yes, please. I would like to have those tickets. And so as, um, and I'm just like about to tell her, no, like, okay, so how do I purchase it? Like, how do I do that? She said, actually your tickets were donated. Whoa. <laughs> Put on the shop music. <laughs> she said, your tickets have been donated and someone went ahead and purchased your tickets. And so um, you just have to show up. And at that point in time, I started screaming. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Not only do I get to go, but I didn't have to pay. Someone just paid it forward and just. What's the song say? Jesus paid it all. <sighs> Jesus paid it all. Nice. And, and so, how much were how much were how much was a ticket? The tickets were seventy five dollars. Mm. Yeah, it was seventy five dollars, which isn't like bad. It was I, I felt like it was worth every penny. Right. Um, I I felt like this was a conference that would be worth every penny, and so, um, decided to go. That Friday it was a Friday to and a Friday Saturday conference, and let me tell you. The most amazing time I had um, just in a space with uh, women who are fired up for Jesus. I mean, like fired up, like women walking with Bibles, not these little cute little Bibles, these big Bibles, these study Bibles. And I was just so impressed. First of all, I do not have a Bible. I realized that I did not have a I do not have a study Bible. Have you ever had one? Yes. I had a Bible, a study Bible. I had two Bibles. I think I bought you the study Bible. Mm, not the one that you proposed with. You guys remember that story? Not the one you proposed with, but this, um, I had a, a, a Bible before I met you that was completely wrecked because of all the writing and all the studying I was doing. 
And then the Bible that you purchased for me with my name, and I think it was for my birthday, you, um, you, you, I, I use that and it's beer, like it's falling apart. And I felt a little, like a little bit bad that I didn't have a study Bible. Uh, yeah. I mean, just cause you were around, it's like if everybody else has on a suit and you have on jeans, you're going to feel bad. Yeah. I felt a little bad. And so, but what was cool, this was what was super cool. Um, cause for me, I read my, <laughs> I read the, my Bible on my phone, but it is very limited in that I can't write. I can't respond. Like I usually like to write and respond and I'm not so tech savvy that I can write those notes on the Bible app. Like it's not the same. So I definitely, um, I definitely am looking to purchase a study Bible. That's my next purchase. Nice. Um, yeah. So see everyone with their Bibles like ready on fire. Jesus and then the singing the praise and worship oh my gosh <laughs> what was her name I forgot the girl's name the praise and worship leader I don't remember her name Dag. I don't remember her name but I it was I sure don't know her name yeah either. I know you definitely do not know her name but y'all it was amazing she was just like Jackie was just like I just want you guys to sit in this space and be and just have praise and worship like just praise God right like she was just like I understand that as women we really sometimes don't have the time or the time to just really sit still and and quiet enough to be able to worship God in this way and so she gave space and gave room for that and I think praise and worship was probably like 30 minutes to 45 minutes of just worshiping and the, the leader, man, she's a psalmist. Like she's, she's just like, she's not doing a whole lot of talking. She's just, she's just worshiping. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> I know you're like, all right. <laughs> what was that? Uh, air horns for the praise and worship. Air horns for the praise and worship um, leader. Um, so one of the things that we wanted to kind of, so before we highlight the story, the, what she, her teachings, right. Um, essentially for me, I've been, I told Jamie this, I've been thirsty. I've had this like thirst for the word of God. I think it started when I listened to this sermon, um, social Dallas is a, is a, uh, a church out here in Dallas. Um, they're, it's not Adventist there. They worship on Sunday, but I remember listening to this, um, the sermon, uh, that this pastor had. And I was just like, yo, like this story I hear all the time, all the time. And the way that he brought it forth, I was just like, Ooh. So it just like, I've just had this burning desire to just be in God's word, to be like, to really, I don't, I want to, I don't want to say like, get back to that part of me where I remember when I first like really had this passion and this drive to just study God's word and to, 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 to not only study his word, but to live it out in the way that I talk and walk and all the things. Um, and so I felt like this conference was just like, it was just like confirmation that yes, God definitely is 
the one that um, can truly fulfill the thirst that I'm that I'm feeling like I just want to be so entrenched with God and his word and um, in being in communication with uh, in communion with him, not like this half hearted cute little devotional type thing, like really getting into the word of God and just, yeah, being quenched by the word of God. That's what's up. Yeah. Yeah. I've been on a journey. So, um, this conference definitely has helped in so many different ways for me to keep, keep that fire burning essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so Jamie's he. The reason why he's like that, he was like, "Cause you got this, you got this." That's what you said. Yeah, to I me. mean, this is your experience. I wasn't there. I stayed home. I was yeah, you, if you went, if you were, there were some men that were there, and unfortunately, I was just like, Mm-mm. <laughs> "You should have stayed home." This is definitely a space for women. Mm. Um, it was about three thousand women um, in the space in the church, and when I tell you, like the community. Mm, there is nothing like women coming together and in one accord, just worshiping God. Mm-hmm. There is nothing like it. You know, like how Jackie put it, it was just like, you know, all the women in here have have suffered. You've gone through some form of suffering, right? Sometimes suffering isolates you make you feel like you're you're by yourself right and just to acknowledge that everybody in here have gone through some form of suffering and to be able to worship through those 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 sufferings that we may have experienced whether in childhood even now right like we're all sinners that are suffering and here we are coming together in this fashion in this form to worship god listen sign me up (laughs) for the christian jubilee Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was so good so good um and i'm trying to think um what else did i want to talk before we go into her actual sermon um i don't remember i don't remember but for those of you who have not heard of of her before check her out um what i was telling jamie the other day i was just like the people that were there presenting talking the more i saw them on on the stage talking i saw the giftedness that god has given to them but i also saw the the human side of them right like sometimes with people on social media people um people on stage on, on on stages and platforms like we can sometimes idolize them where they become this like perfect being where we don't see their humanity for them i saw their humanity mm-hmm. and it was actually inspiring that you can be sold out for jesus but be so very human mm-hmm. um i think sometimes with religion it creates this separation where you kind of feel like you're high and mighty, where you're, where you're, where you're, where we take the text of like your royal priesthood, right? Um, where, where you're like so set aside that you ha- have no earthly good, right? You know all the scriptures, you know, um, you know all the doctrines, but you, ha- you have no 
connections with people, right? But mm-hmm. but with these women, like I felt connected, but I also saw their hum their their humanity. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important when um in seeing people, like seeing people's humanity, I think a lot of our uh what's the word I'm looking for? A lot of our um a lot of our discouragement, not discouragement, uh, are let down, like the expectations, right? We expect because this person is in on the stage or on the platform, they're professing to be servants of Jesus. We kind of put this yoke on them that they are, I don't know, God in man, in, 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 in flesh, but they're not. They're straight up human, just like you are. And so I really love that piece of seeing the gifting that God has given to them, but also very much being able to see that they are human. Mm. Yeah, that's good. That's Mm -hmm. good. I agree. I think, um, but I think that's just the culture we live in. Anything. Celebrities. I think, I think like celebrities are often Mm -hmm. held at a higher platform because that's what we like we like mm-hmm. to see that's what makes reality tv mm-hmm. so popular right mm-hmm. that's why when we pay you know regardless of who the speaker is ten thousand fifteen thousand dollars because mm-hmm. what they say is better than what anybody else could say right mm-hmm. so sometimes you know you look at people and you think that when they're on stage that they're better or smarter than you and you can't be that so it's nice to see the humanity in people that um that you were able to relate to them and what they were saying. Yeah. Yeah, like as you're talking, I'm thinking about Kerry Washington. She just had an interview with Robin Roberts. Um and then she had uh my friend Aisha sent me something where Kerry Washington was saying like she's in a stage now in her life where she is now recognizing that she's enough. Mm-hmm. Right. This is a woman who are who's, you know, performed and she's in movies and all those things like she's now at this point in her life saying she's enough. You think about Kirk Franklin. We didn't get a chance to talk about his his documentary Father's Day. Right. Like he, he him saying he's won all these awards. He's he's performed on the biggest stages, but then yet still he felt as the. What is it? What was it? The most insecure person in the room. The most insecure person in the room. So I think it's it's so important for us to be able to show our humanity. I mean, like here we are on on this platform, right? Um, the 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 what is it? The picture is you know because you're a pastor um, that it's this perfection type thing, right? Where it's almost like, yeah, like he, he must all must be well, right? There, there must be nothing wrong because this is a servant of God or, or the things that we talk about on, in this, on this platform, on this stage is almost like, wait, <laughs> we're not accustomed to hearing a pastor talk about that, those things. We're not accustomed to a pastor's wife talking about those things. Um, when really we're just trying to show we're straight up human. <laughs> yeah. We're people too. We're people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really important for people to recognize, like, to start seeing the humanity in everyone. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, get off my soapbox now. And so we can transition now into um, 
the peace of the Samaritan woman. So she had a, she preached two sermons. Um, the first sermon on Friday night, she talked about um, Leah. Was it Leah? Leah, right? Leah was the one that was um, Moses's concubine. And it's Leah, right? No, it's not Leah. No. That Leah was Rebecca's sister. My bad. Now you're making me. It's Sarah and Hagar. 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 Yes, Hagar. She talked about Hagar, which was that that was so many gems in there. But today we want to talk about the Samaritan woman. She talked about the Samaritan woman on Saturday. Um, and so you want to No, start I don't remember. Oh, gosh. You listened to the sermon. Yeah, but I only remember bits and pieces, but I think you... You know what part you want to talk about. You mentioned, yes, yeah, I know she was talking about the Samaritan woman, and I don't remember the exact words, but just like how the approach of Jesus and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So she talked about how we should minister to people in 2020, 2023. Um, she kind of gave almost like a blueprint of sorts mm -hmm. to how we should minister to people. So the same way God ministered, Jesus ministered to the, the woman at the well um, in the simplicity of the of his approach. Right. Mm -hmm. When he approached her, it's coming back to you now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> when he approached her, he didn't approach her and say, hi, I'm the son of God who uh, was 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 born to sacrifice you know, myself to be able to, you know, intercede on your behalf. Like that's now how Jesus started the conversation. He simply started it and said, give me drink. Give me something to drink. Give me something to drink. Um, something as simple as that. Right. Right. Yeah. That, that was, I thought that was powerful in highlighting that our approach in, I guess this world that we're living in now is mm -hmm. that the approach needs to be, simple on a relationship building, not a transactional type mm -hmm. of relationship, right? Like he just said, give me drink. He didn't say, please. He didn't say, may I, may I have a drink? He just said, give me drink. Yes. He said that. And now you can't go up to nobody today and be like, give me drink. <laughs> no, you cannot. However, um, you can definitely approach people not from high I am Catholic and I want to convert you into being a Catholic or hi, I'm Adventist and I want you to keep the Sabbath day because that's if you're not keeping the Sabbath day, then you are not a, a follower of God. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that should not be our approach. Yeah. And I think what's also um, that we need to also highlight is he wasn't in the temple he was actually somewhere where he should not have been. Mm -hmm. Talk or about she that. she should not have been there because mm -hmm. she's a Samaritan woman. Mm -hmm. But no, Jesus should not have been there. Jesus should not. He was where she, well. Yeah, Jesus should not have been there. Or she, if her seeing Jesus there, she should have, she should have immediately taken her bucket and left because mm -hmm. she's a Samaritan. So I think the time that she went, was around the time when the Samaritans can go to that well. Mm -hmm. um, Jesus being a Jew, he had access to the well all the time. So I think the dynamic should have been she should have left immediately 
seeing that Jesus was a Jew, but I don't even know how you would identify a Jew versus a Samaritan. I don't know if there was like uh, features that made them look different. It was just where they were from that made them Samaritans. Maybe it was features or maybe how they, how she dressed, yeah. right. Yeah. Um, may have been the, 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 um, the, the way that you would define a Samaritan versus a, a Jewish person. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, she talked through this part, um, talked about how um, as as Christians, how to your point that how, how we approach unbelievers or people, it's very important um, that we should not the same way Jesus came in a simple, very simple form that we should also do the same thing. And, um, Ahmed, I don't want to skip through it, but the part where, um, essentially when Jesus was like, um, the, when the woman was like, I'm surprised that you asked me for a drink, you were a Jew and I'm a Samaritan, Mm -hmm. right? It was almost like she was stating her, she was, she, she knew her place in society, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, um, I'm a black woman. Mm-hmm. You're a white male. Mm-hmm. Why are you asking me for anything? Mm-hmm. Right. Or, you know, and this is during Jim Crow. Say like this is Jim Crow segregation. Right. Mm-hmm. So she knows she quote unquote knows her place. Like I'm a Samaritan. You know, they call Samaritan dogs. Mm-hmm. Right. Like they were they were they were to spit underneath the shoe. Mm-hmm. They would. They were, you know, like the, it, Samaritans are equivalent. If you were, if you want an imagery or a picture of how Samaritans were treated, just think about blacks during Jim Crow segregation. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing, mm-hmm. right? Like the Jews really looked down on them because where were they from, right? They because they because of where they were from. So mm-hmm. here's Jesus, this Jewish male, Palestinian Jew talking to this Samaritan woman and she's like, why are you, you breaking rules? You're not mm-hmm. supposed to talk to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I love the part where she thought Jesus, she thought that she was just going to give Jesus dr- something to drink and that would be the end of the conversation. Mm-hmm. And not knowing that Jesus was wanting to fulfill more than just her thirst for water or he, he, he wanted to fulfill, um, essentially the thirst that she didn't even know that she, she needed or had. Mm-hmm. And I loved how Jackie was just like, a lot of us fill our lives because we're all thirsty as humans. I think God created us with that human nece- need to have our thirst quenched by God. And so we find different things, different people to quench those things within us that only Jesus can. And so she was just saying like how important it is for us not to go from place to place looking to have that thirst quenched. She even talked about um, um, stars, the stars, like, you know, like, People will say, yeah, I'm a cancer or I'm a Vir- Virgo or I'm a this, I'm a that. She was like, essentially, she was like, that's um, like, um, what did she say? Uh, it's almost like 
you're worshiping the stars. Like you're looking to the stars to name you, who you are, right? When God has already done that. Like, why are you looking to the stars to say, hey, Virgos are this or Cancers are this or Sagittarius is like, this is what they do, right? This is, this is their personality traits. And she's just like, that's foolishness. Essentially, we should not be looking to the stars for that. <laughs> we look to God. We look to his word for, um, for those things. He has already given us exactly what uh, we need and not the, the stars. I love that piece. Yeah, I'm thinking about what you just said and I'm kind of like in my brain, in my thoughts and just uh, contemplating about how many people go to church every week and they're thirsty, mm-hmm. right? Like you're still thirsty. Mm-hmm. You're not being quenched. And I think, I think what we're seeing is a result of people that's not coming back to church because they're discovering that their thirst isn't being quenched, right? Mm-hmm. With the way that church is done mm-hmm. or the way church is operating or the way mm-hmm. church continues to do to serve the same drink, mm-hmm. right? Like, And I think people are thirsty because they're looking for something deep. And so like the, the true, the reality can be is that, um, dang, what was I going to say? That the reality can be going to church being in some churches week after week, you can still leave without a true oh, for sure. religion, a oh, true for sure. a relationship with Jesus that quenches your thirst. For sure. So it's almost, it's like drinking soda, mm-hmm. right? Like sometimes when you go to church, it's like a big glass of soda. Mm-hmm. It's the, it's sometimes, and this is not for everybody. This can be, let me say, speak personally for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be the music. The preaching, the all of the glitz and glamour, for me, it does not quench my thirst. Mm-mm. No. At least for me. So some people mm-hmm. it probably right. does, right? Mm-hmm. But for mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. I think what I look for is a meaningful experience in conversation and relationship mm-hmm. and something casual and relaxed, but yet still deep and intense that's mm-hmm. what i look for that's what quenches my thirst mm-hmm. and unfortunately there are not many churches out there that i can see myself sitting inside of mm-hmm. and i can feel like my my relationship with jesus christ is mm-hmm. deepened and mm-hmm. thickened mm-hmm. from being in certain services mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. like if it's mm-hmm. too loud it's a lot like you know i don't like a lot of music and stuff like that i'm cool with music but i'm always looking for like conversation that's about things that we normally don't talk about. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I say all the time, I read the Bible from a social justice lens. Mm-hmm. I don't read it from any other lens. And unfortunately, it's like, I don't find too many spaces mm-hmm. that cater to that. Mm-hmm. There's only certain churches that I can sit down and I can listen to and watch that I can feel like I'm fed. Mm-hmm. And certain preachers that I can listen to where I feel like, yes, mm-hmm. that was good. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Like she even talked about that, like, you know, be careful of, uh, about what teaching your teachings you're under. Right. Who Who's feeding you um, the word of God? Who's giving you that? Where a lot of times we're finding um, a lot of preaching, teaching is more focused, it's more you focused, where it's focused on me getting my blessing, me, um, 
it's it's focused on me being able to get the victory over something opposed to it being so it being more focused on on God being able to one being able to be the one to deliver you for you to be able to go to the word to help you through that particular thing but a lot I, I and I find that too it's like this this feel good cute quotey type thing right but it does not it does not it does not penetrate deep within. It just kind of gives you that cute little, it, it's almost like going to a, a gas station, right? Again, like a top up, like, it's just like a very like, yeah, instead of filling your tank, you're just like, okay, let me just put $5 in this so that I, so I can get from here to there. I think those, those kind of messages are are good, but it's almost like it has like a, a shelf life. Like it, the, 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 it's, it's about to be like, it's about to be expired soon because it's, it does not, it's not rooted in, in, in God and in the, and in his word. But that's like 95% of all the gospel music produced. And that is, that is out there, right? It's a lot of my breakthrough Take me to the king. It's a lot of I need my blessing. I'm waiting on my miracle. Mm-hmm. I need this. I need it's very it's very you focused. You focused. Very American. Very capitalistic. Very, you know, when you look and I think like I think also interpretation and reading of the Bible and music has changed over the years based on where we are, where you are as a person, right? So I think like during slavery. The, the 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 people sang a lot of songs that talked about community, right? Mm-hmm. Like or had messages in it, weighed in the water, you know, mm-hmm. is my living in like during civil rights movement, you know, yeah, songs like Is My Living in Vain and things like that. And I mm-hmm. think the Bible is also interpreted in a way to think about the community and the advancement of black people and, and the advancement of civil rights and justice. Like you see that from the AME and the Zion. And I think that now AME and the Baptist, but you see, like now, I think that we've the music is is what it is right now, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the music also drives reflects, reflects the culture and what's mm-hmm. happening in church. And mm-hmm. I think we're now at a place where people are like, "Yo, man, I am really, honestly, and I'm, I know we're probably drifting, but I am. It's very hard to get me wild like I used to about new gospel music." Yeah. I mean, I think gospel music is a little bit separate. I think it's a, a separate bucket. I'm I'm more focused on the preaching, the teaching of God's word. Right, and I, but I feel like they match the music. They do, but I think that I'll get I'll give a little bit more slack to the music piece than I do the preaching and the teaching. Okay. Even though, yes, they do go hand in hand, but I, I think that um, when you are so rooted in God, in Jesus, right, in his word, that you hear a song, right? You hear the song and you're just like, yes, God, like, fill me up till I want no more. I'm, what's the song? Fill me up. I want to be, right? Like, you think about those things. I, I feel like the 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 music is just like the the support but i feel like you have to be able to be rooted in the word of god first it doesn't matter what the song says per se it matters but it doesn't matter as much to me 
what matters most is what is the word? <laughs> what yeah. word am I hearing? What word am I receiving? And how is that? Um, am I being quenched? Is my thirst being quenched? And I'm not depending on a man or woman to quench my thirst. I'm depending on God, right? But we go to church so that we can hear. We go to church for many different reasons. One of the reasons is not only community, but also about the preaching of the word of God. Right. I agree. I agree. But you hear more music than you hear more preaching. Because that Nowadays, music is going to be, that music is with you seven days a week. So fill me up, right? Like, why can't the words be fill us up? Fill us up, Lord, until we want no more, right? It's fill me up, Lord, till I want no more, which mm -hmm. is cool. I get it. But I don't think there's a good balance in regard to the, the communal aspect of worship and our music and our call to serve each other in modern gospel. Like there's very few albums or very few songs out there or artists out there that are really thinking about this 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 whole whole community of in regards to how the music is. Now I hear what you're saying that the preaching should shouldn't be shouldn't the music shouldn't dictate how the preaching is or or I think that's what you're saying, right? That the preaching should be more uh, community focused or something like that. And I think that is a burden and a responsibility on the preachers that are preaching as well, that we are not becoming as Jackie Hill Perry said, like we're not calling people to us. We're calling people to God. Like she was talking about how there are a lot of people who are called to, they feel, they feel called or attracted to um, celebrity pastoring. Right. Is that, is that what she was saying? Um, she was saying that, a lot of times when we hear a preacher who's very charismatic and clever in his, in his, in his preaching, right. That oftentimes when they do the altar call, the altar call is not to Jesus, but it's to this person. Mm. It's in the creative charismatic way that they present Jesus that calls people more to the person, the preacher, than it does to Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's what she was saying with mm -hmm. regard to that, um, which I think is absolutely true. Um, it's true. It's true. Um, but I think getting back to what we were saying, like for me personally, like you talked about you personally, for me personally, I just want I just want to hear the word of God, like in its true, unadulterated form. So what does that look like? That looks like we actually have the Bible in hand and we're actually turning pages. We're studying the word of God. It's more for me. I want right now where I am in my in my in my journey. It's like that that hunger and thirsting after the word of God. So having it taught like how she presented it, honestly, it was like, it was a sermon, but it was just, it was, it was the word of God. 
That's what it is. It's the word of God. It's not, it's not, yeah, it's just the word of God. But I do understand that I need to be able to spend the time in God's word, not depending on a person to be able to, um, to, to, to necessarily be in that space with me all the time. Like I feel that Jesus and I need to be able, I need to be able to sit in the space and really study his word. Um, and then I'll be a little bit more able to, when I do go to church that I, um, appreciate whatever the preacher is saying more, um, than just, so Anderson asked a good question. He says it sounds more like Bible study more than you want a sermon because a sermon is usually just a person speaking, but it sounds like when you just describe, and I agree with Anderson, it sounds like you're describing like you want to be able to go to this passage and then let's look at this passage and look what this says, look what that says. That's the kind of teaching you are looking for on a whatever morning or whatever day. Yeah. I mean, yes. I think where I am right now, yes. Um, like Anderson says, it was bi biblical based, rooted in knowledge. Like that's what I want. I want Bible based type sermons. <laughs> um, of course, with the stories and all those things. But um, I think I'm more like the 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 prettiness in sermons for right now, I'm like, kind of like, okay, that's nice. But I think I'm just more like, yeah, give me the word. So it just sounds <laughs> of like the Lord. So it just sounds like to me that you're, you're looking for something else to drink. I'm looking for something that is going to quench the, my thirst. Right. And right now, like, it's literally like, <laughs> I'm so thirsty to just, you know, uh, to be in God's word. It's almost like, I've, I've read the Bible so many different times, right? I've, I've probably read the entire Bible in my lifetime, um, a number of times, but I think that's the beautiful, the beautiful, awesome thing about the Bible, right? You can read the very same thing, but it, 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 it brings new light and brings new, uh, an awareness, true awareness, um, a new light or new awareness to something. Um, but I think the eyes that I'm, I'm now reading it in, um, it's the eyes that I'm now reading it in is, is the eyes of someone who has experienced life. Right. And so now it's like a, I think my perspective on what I read now is going, is, is, is different. Mm, that's good. That's I don't good. know. But that's gross, right? Like you're not supposed to be what you were before. Yeah. 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 And, 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 and as I was telling you, like, it's so easy for me to also lean on the, you know, like when you're in the word and, you know, it's so trying not to be fanatical, trying not to be, um, uh, legalistic, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I feel like our teaching, my teaching, um, teachings of, of being an Adventist has, you know, 
I feel like I have some PTSD where I'm just like, yeah, I want to be in God's word, but I don't want to be of no earthly good. Right. It's like that balance, creating that balance where I don't need to be vegetarian in order to feel like I'm closer to God or I don't need to know um, the 20. 300 day prophecy in order to feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm close to God, right? It's just the word of God, period. Forget, not forget, but the, that stuff does not quench my thirst at all. What quenches my thirst or is what seems to be quenching my thirst is that straight up devotion with God and being able to commune with God and to really draw from his word and to be able to be that light and to just, I don't know, be what God has called me to be. So, yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's good. I think that's great. Um, and it sounds like I don't think you're talking for yourself. I think you're talking for a, a lot of other people that are looking for more like teaching type sermons, more organic gatherings that are mm-hmm. aren't full of fluff and stuff. Mm-hmm. Just, mm-hmm. you know, just just sitting down and just wrestling with the word, right? And just having a teacher that can be able, because Penina Wilson Russell says, you want more teaching sermons. Yeah. And not teaching doctrines and not teaching from a religious point of view. Does that make sense? Like, I don't want it to be... I don't want it to be heavy on the religious like perspective. I just want it to be just the word of God. Does that make sense? It makes sense. It's just a Bible study. Yeah. A Bible, a straight up Bible study where that fire, you know what I mean? Like you going back and forth talking about the word of God. Like that's what I feel my spirit is, is wanting. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it can happen. I just don't think it can happen in church. I don't think that's a possible. Because like going back and forth, you can't do that in a big church. You have to do that in small group gatherings because it's too many people Yeah. to be able to do that. Like unless you break up the church into small groups um, and you have one person teaching and they're all doing that. So I think there's, I think there needs to be, I actually think we're, where we should be moving away from trying to create big mega churches mm-hmm. and we should be really looking at investing in mm-hmm. more like the biblical the biblical mandate or what the biblical blueprint where it was churches and houses, smaller groups. And when they got to 30 people, then they would separate and create another group because they knew that the bigger it got, the the lack of intimacy was yeah. going to be thrown away. So there's not that openness to be like, let's have a conversation about this passage. Let's have a conversation about this text. It becomes more the theater rather right. than the worship experience. So yeah. I think, I really think that that's the new move. I think like that's the transition from the pandemic uh, that, you know, the, the mega church size, the big buildings are, and I I felt that way ever since I read Pagan Christianity, which was years ago, mm-hmm. before the pandemic. I was like, man, these big buildings are gonna be gonna be empty because they're unsustainable. Mm-hmm. They're not hard to carry because people change. Like yeah. so people change with society, and I know we try to say no, it's still the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. But 
we change. We 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 go different ways. So I think we evolve. Look, yeah, and I think the pandemic, we were so divorced from each other that coming back to the big buildings wasn't really the answer. We we got accustomed to being like in small groups, right? We got hooked on social media and things like that. But yeah, I'm rambling. I, on. I wonder. I wonder. I wonder if. Um, I wonder if my thirst, right? I didn't know I was thirsty until I knew I was thirsty. Well, the <laughs> Samaritan woman didn't know she was thirsty right? until she met Jesus. That's true. She didn't know she was thirsty um, when after Jesus having to reveal to her, you know, like, yo, you got you got what was it? Five husbands. Right. <laughs> and none of them are your own. Like, I think. That she didn't know she was thirsty until she knew she was thirsty. And I think for me, I, 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 I and I don't want to blame church, right? I don't want to blame the gathering to, to, as the reason why I'm, I'm thirsty. Um, I think there are a lot of things that contribute to me being thirsty. I think that, um, Right now, I'm just very particular about the space that I choose to be in because I'm thirsty, right? Like, I want to be in a space where that thirst, I want to be in a, in a space where I feel like the thirst is being quenched. Right. <laughs> like, being in a space last week, that was like, yeah, this is amazing, right? Of course, it's a conference, so it's, it's kind of intentional about creating that space, right? It's intentional, right? And so you think about like every week you have to be intentional like that to do this every single week. That's that's unrealistic. And it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. So it's like how to find, how to, how to get that quenching of my thirst fulfilled Without that, because then I think what's what's going to happen is that I'm going to look to that thing to quench my thirst. Right. And I don't want to. I'm going to look to God to be able to quench that thirst. And so, yeah, yeah, you're going to be chasing that high. Yes. All the time. But I think you have to have room for those conferences, but you have to go back to organic, mm -hmm. smaller groups, mm -hmm. gatherings people that you're cool with, that you're comfortable with, safe spaces where you can read the Bible and be like, yo, I disagree with God on this. Yes. Are you question God? My friend and I were talking about that, that yeah. today. Like in you question safe, God. In a safe space and not somebody going to say to you, you can't question God. God is, you know, this, but not saying that you are trying to denounce God, but mm -hmm. you're just saying like, I have a problem with this. Yeah. Right. Or I, or it could say, I love this. Right. But you can't churches. Church as we do it now is not the space for that. No, and it don't is, tell me Sabbath school is that place. No. Please do not come on here and Sabbath tell me Sabbath school is, dictated, school is for that place. It's dictated by the Sabbath school lesson, right? Right. So it's, a, it's a curriculum that you're that you're going by that you have to right. stay within those lines and you can't disagree with it. But you know, so I would just say if that's what you're looking for, then you should create. Create it. Right? You should definitely create it. Create it. And I'm sure if you start with one person and two and three people and you create it, it will it will grow and it will flourish, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of waiting for it to be created, yeah, create it and mm -hmm. and go with it. And I would have that advice to anybody who's thirsty out there. 
that if there's something that you're looking for, make your own drink, right? Mm. Get your own lemons, get your sugar, get whatever you get your tea bags and make your own drink and stop waiting for, like you said, leadership to do it for you because leadership sometimes moves and operates from the balcony and not on the dance floor. Yeah. So leadership says, okay, let's do what we own, just do what we know we used to do. Let's get it back that way. But create it yourself. There is nothing wrong. I can't, there's nothing wrong with doing it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. And she talked about that too. She was just like, you don't have to, a lot of times we think that we have to be able to know the entire Bible, memorize the entire Bible in order to, to find your purpose in ministering to others. Like you could just know that Jesus came he created the world he came he died he rose again that's it that's all you need to know you know to start to feel like okay I don't need to know all these things in order for me to begin witnessing to other people to be able to sharing Jesus um it's just the simplicity of it going back to how Jesus approached the Samaritan woman it was the simplicity of it and then as a result of the simplicity of his message, she was able to then go and minister and say, come see a man, right? Come see a man that did this, that told me about myself, right? And I, and I think that that is what God has prepared or purposed in our hearts for us to be able to share witness to other people with the gifting that he's given to us. Some people, they have the gifting of standing on a platform, standing on a stage and be able to preach and teach. Some people can do that in a little classroom, in a little room, on the phone or whatever. Um, and so I feel like we can start anywhere. I can start anywhere. It, I don't have to do it in a in a big way. It can be in a very simple, simple form of just being able to um, commune with people on a more intimate level. Um, to create, I don't know, to create that um, space where the thirst quenching is rooted in the Bible and in, in God's word, not in me, not in anybody else, but rooted in, in, in the word of God. Yeah. Yeah. That's real. I love it. I love it. Um, Gamal says, the only problem is that when our folks start studying, they end up demanding that everyone call Jesus. <laughs> yes. Yeshua, Yeshua, and goes downhill from there. It Mercy, does. Jesus. Yeah, it does. You got to be careful about who's teaching. That's the thing. You got to be. That she said. You got to be careful who's teaching you. Yeah, you really have to be very careful. I think. I think once. Um, once it's it's almost like a. Sorry, I'm going to read. He says, "But a balanced, practical study of how to live the word, I can get with that." Yes, yeah. that's it. It's not rocket science. Like we create this thing, this thing, like, like, what is that? Can we just get back to the basics of just the simplicity of. Yeah. And I think on another episode, I can talk about why we create this thing, like, and why the pressure is like Gamal is talking, like the pressure there is to write a sermon every week and mm. how difficult it is. And like, you know, the music has got to be this and all that other stuff is. And I don't think it's coming from, past, you know, well, maybe it is coming from pastors. I don't know. But I can talk just from my perspective on another episode, just like 
what goes into the mind or the, behind the mindset of all of this, right? Because I promise you that I'm sure there are a lot of other pastors who don't want to do all of that. But in order to keep the pews filled, in order to keep the money rolling in, in order to keep the the, the image of liveliness, we mm. have to keep on, you know, being better than we were last week. Mm-hmm. And like Gamal said, it's hard, it's unsustainable, and we burn out and crash. And some of us get to the point where we're just like, I'm good. I don't want to do this no more. Mm. Help us, Father. Help us, God. Because that's not how it's supposed to be, right? It's, it's not it's, supposed to be like that. Like It's, it's not. When you think about God. It's not. But when you hear, you know, like. My God. When you, <laughs> you know, when you. Yeah. I, we'll, we'll, we'll unpack it at another another episode. Yeah, we need to because. um <laughs> Gamal said, I'd love to be on that episode with y'all because the pressure is real. It's yeah, real. Yeah, that real. pressure. I mean, I I only get to see it secondhand, not firsthand in a sense where I'm not you. But I think that um I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't I think that God requires of us to to do better. Yeah. And to be better in terms of when I say do better, we talk so much about, we talk so much about Jesus, right? We talk so much about um, how he is our example. We often say that he's our example in regards to our character, right? Like, like what Jesus did, we are expected to do the same thing, not expected, but he is our example, right? But we, we, we don't, highlight as much the example he had or he showed when he was on earth ministering like we completely it's almost like we say Jesus we love you you died you you saved us from our sins you performed miracles but with regard to how he did ministry it's almost like it's almost like we're saying Jesus didn't know what he was doing (laughs) or, or Jesus, 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 only Jesus could do that. Only Jesus could walk around the street and talk about, I don't have nowhere to lay my head and, and talk about, um, you know, breaking, uh, laws, (laughs) breaking the cultural laws in order to show a point or to teach and to reach. Yeah. Like we, It's, it's almost like we just limit him based on what it feels like what's good for us right and it's because what we have now is not what was in the bible right what we Mm. have now is a capitalistic institution and that capitalistic institution is really based on what it produces right productivity so you know as long as it looks like people are on the conveyor belt and people are doing what they're supposed to do then it's right as long as it's collecting money as long as the doors are open it's structured within that capitalistic framework of western christianity mm. jesus today if he worked for any conference he'd be fired right 
because he didn't baptize anybody. Mercy, can you imagine? And he didn't that? collect time. Like he'd be really fired. And then he, first of all, he'd be fired because he'll cause a lot of trouble. He was right. a troublemaker. He's a troublemaker, right? Mm-hmm. right? And not intentionally, but he was just calling out stuff. So there's no way he would work for any one of our conferences or institutions, right? So, and then you also got to ask the question. Like I think I forgot who said it. Institutions do one thing. They either give they either give life or take life. Mercy Jesus. And the bigger institutions get, they take life. And Mercy. I think sometimes our churches getting bigger, they suck the life out of people that we miss the real ideal of what we're called to and what we're supposed to do and how we are supposed to be really out in the ministering to people and fighting for justice and fighting for those that need our assistance. But as long as you are wrapped up in the building and the the theater. You're never going to see that, right? And so there's also the pressure that I'm, we have to talk about, unpack it in another episode of of certain pastor or pastors that are within this capitalistic framework of collecting money, of making sure money comes in and knowing that I got to have the best and dopest sermon and service because that's, when it get, that's what's going to keep the doors open. That's what's going to get the money. And that's what's going to keep the people. Mm-hmm. And that thing is unsustainable. You're going to burn out. And you ain't going to have... You cannot preach a dope sermon every week unless you stop caring about what people want and start really doing mm-hmm. what Jesus wants you to do and say what, and say what the Bible is calling you to do. Wow. But I, think, I, I don't think my thoughts are are good tonight. I think my thoughts are all over the place. I don't think you're... Because I'm like super tired. Well, let me let let you know, your thoughts aren't all over the place. I think your thoughts are um, exactly what needs to be said. Um, Yeah. So let me just go ahead and affirm you in that regard. Your 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 thoughts yeah, are what it I'm needs like, to be said, but I I understand your I'm your like tiredness. Thirty percent. I feel like what am I talking about? <laughs> no, it it you're 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 having some cohesive. Not some. You, your words and thoughts are cohesive. I think again, you're just speaking to the point of just. Um, God says that ye who are. Does he say that? <laughs> um, you who are thirsty, come drink. Right. Right. Like, and I think the point of this entire episode essentially is speaking to those of you. It's not for everyone. Our episodes are not for everyone every single week. You know, sometimes this episode that we have is like, yeah, yo, that's for me. You spoke to me. Um, and for others, it could be like, yeah, I'm not with that at all. Um, but this episode specifically is, I guess from it's, it's, it's me expressing my thirst, my hunger for not the, the backflips, the thrills, the oohs, the ahs, like I'm over that. (laughs) I'm on, I'm off of that right now. I'm more on the, give me God's word, the simplicity of it. Let's study it. Let's read it. Let's 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 see how we can use his word to be able not to change people into what it is that we want or I want them to be. That's God's that's God's job. Our jobs. My job is just to present it. But I don't want to change people. Um, I want more to use God's word to help people, help them in a way where people who are suffering, people who are downtrodden, people who are marginalized, like to be able to give hope and bring hope, right? 
not to change them into being to dressing like me or um, speaking like me or bringing them into a building. I'm sorry. Like I'm off that. Yeah. I'm on some like, yo, people see the humanity of people like see people for who they are like humans like we are we are some amazing people but we are also some jacked up people and just wanting to truly see the humanity of people and being able to reach and to teach and to help that is what I'm on right now I'm off that other stuff. So again, this this may not be for everybody, and that's okay. But I'm just trying to tell y'all what I'm on right now. And so hopefully next week, um, hopefully next week, Jamie will be able to express the parts about um, the parts about like you know what does what does putting on a show look like mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> right Is, would that be a good one that would be a great one okay <laughs> um sorry i'm trying to read the comments before we peace out because jamie's waning y'all he's waning um um <laughs> that's good come on say you can't write a hit song every week mm, mm, mm. Right. Expectations cause pressure. Yes, Rodney. Um, expectations on all levels. Self-conference admin members, community. Yeah, you're right about that. Our model of evangelism doesn't allow for us to have people become Christians organically. Nah, they don't. Mm-mm. If you're going to pitch a tent and preach for weeks, you have to tell people what to become. My God. You preaching in the comments today. Mm -hmm. This, I feel, is one reason why pastors are checking out of ministry. Mm -hmm. Jesus. (laughs) That's on another episode. That's on another episode of Carly and Jamie. But thank you guys for rocking with us tonight. Um, God willing, we'll be back in full effect next week. Um, Friday, same place, same time. This is Carlene. And this is Jamie. (laughs) Peace. Peace.